Welcome to the Common Geeking Program. We are a book club style podcast where each episode we discuss a different topic from our own geeky and nerdy perspectives. I'm your host, Jeff Levitt, and this week we are going to be taking a look at uh, Arcane, the Netflix series. Uh, this time around, I'm joined by just, just one fellow nerd uh, who can introduce himself. Hi, I'm Taimu, or Chowder. I can't think of a funny shenanigan to do this time, but uh, I, I... You don't have to have a bit every time, you know. It's not an obligation. <laughs> I know, but I think it's funny to have a little bit. But uh, I feel like calling it Arcane, the Netflix series, while that's true, I feel like yeah. the, the more significant thing is that, you know, it's like an uh, animated series about... League of Legends, or at least one portion of the League of Legends universe, but yeah, yeah. and it, you know, it's something that I, like it's. I wanted to talk about this specifically because, like, I feel like you know, I run around, I run across this a lot when watching like adaptations of like superhero stuff, like in shows or whatever, where like it's not really a prerequisite to have experienced the source material per se. Yeah, but it's sort of like you get this kind of like optional dramatic irony was like when i was watching arcane because like you know i don't play league of legends at all yeah yeah no that that that's the thing i kind of wish there was like a third person who was like familiar with league of legends lore because you and i yeah. we, don't, we don't really know league of legends you're right and that's you know I, I was kind of hoping that that you know one of our one of our friends who is a little bit more like in in uh engrossed in it might might join us but the thing about league of legends is like the character, like the game itself, doesn't really do much with all of the character lore because it's no. just a it's a MOBA, right? So like all of this stuff is really just like in written backstories and stuff for these characters, right? Isn't that kind of where all the like the prerequisite knowledge even comes from? Is not even playing the game, just like reading the bios of the characters. Exactly. I mean, there is like supplementary stuff, like. uh comics or gotcha or uh you know like little short animated things riot puts out but like they're very much just morsels of right and like a big complaint that a lot of people who enjoy league of legends lore is that riot hasn't done anything with the story in like decades yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's like i initially like I, I kept hearing things about how this show was so good and i didn't know initially that it was connected to league of legends and then when i heard it was like league of legends my first thought was like oh fuck that i don't want to watch this because because like, i don't like league of legends and i don't yeah, like you no, know no, like I... the toxic culture that was like especially like several years ago when it when it like first started blowing up how like everyone who played league of legends just like lived and died by league of legends and was just like addicted to it i just like yeah i wanted nothing to do with it yeah no i've had uh, i mean you and i we both had friends who tried to get us into it yeah neither of us could. <laughs> it's just uh, yeah i mean it's not my kind of game i mean like i'm already not much of a gamer to begin with and then when you start throwing in like online stuff when it's someone who like me who is like not even just, like, a casual fan, but is, like, below the level of a casual fan playing against people who are, like, invested and actually know what they're doing. It's just not fun for me because I never I never care enough about it to get good enough at it to actually have an, a good time because I just end up getting murdered all the time. Like, the one, you know, the one episode we did 
a couple of years ago where we played a game of Dota 2 with Ryan. I was just like, this is miserable. <laughs> oh my god, yes. I rem- I still remember. I was just miserable trying to play Dota. And Ryan was just there, like, yeah, I mean, Ryan isn't even, like, a fucking Dota player or anything, but he was just there playing with us, being, like, you know, knowing enough about it to get irritated by the fact that yeah. I was, quote, like, feeding all the enemies just because I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. All I know is that I die every two minutes, and then I have to wait, like, five minutes, then six minutes, then seven minutes to come back to life. <laughs> um, yeah. But all of that being said, uh, Arcane really does not require that again like we've you know alluded to does not require that you played league of legends and though we don't have someone on the show who like was kind of familiar with this stuff beforehand i'm kind of curious like a what things you did know and b like how much you were looking up while watching it because like i'm very much like when i watch something like a show and i uh you know i hear a character's name i can usually tell like oh there's a significance to that that I don't understand yet, right? Yeah. Because I haven't experienced. So, like, while I was watching this show, and I did this, like, the other time I'm thinking about it is, like, watching, like, you know, the early seasons of Arrow, like, whenever there was, like, a character's name that pops up, and I'm just like, that did not sound like a normal name. This is a comic book character, so I would look (laughs) it up. Yeah. And then, you know, sometimes I would get, like, spoilers, sort of, in that, you know, like, I see, like, oh, that's who this character is, but it's not really a spoiler in that, like, if I had already experienced the source material beforehand, then it's, again, this is all this kind of, like, optional dramatic irony, which I don't feel like generally, I mean, we can get into it in a bit, but generally, I don't think that Arcane, like, requires that much foreknowledge, like, to, it doesn't, there's only, like, really one character introduction that I can think of that is, like, has a line that is, like, a oh, that's somebody that we're supposed to recognize. But anyway, why, why don't we get on to actually summarizing the thing, and then we yeah. can talk more about this afterwards. Yeah, uh, and, like, from what I am uh, understand, Arcane actually deviates from League of Legends lore. Oh, really? A, a, little, a little bit, yeah. Uh, and we can talk about that later. Gotcha. Yeah. See, I was kind of wondering that because I was thinking it was like more just like, you know, adding a lot of missing context to to things that you like didn't get a ton of before. But I guess, you know, I didn't know that there were like comics and stuff. So it probably does deviate from from those at the very least. Right. Yeah. Like uh, I uh, follow a couple of YouTubers who are, you know, big on like character design and also League of Legends fans. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, I've gotten more out of just hearing them talk about League of Legends lore or just talking, them talking about League of Legends characters or them talking right, about yeah. League of Legends models than I did, ever did from the actual game itself. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I have a passing knowledge of some stuff, so maybe I can fill in whatever I can, but, yeah. Yeah, pretty much the extent to what I, I was, like, every time the character, like, said their name, I was looking up, like is this a champion in League of Legends and are they good or are they evil is basically what I was looking up each time because like, I mean, we'll get into this later too, but there's a surprising number of like very seamlessly inserted new characters. Yeah. Yeah. Feel like they could like all of their names like sound like, Oh yeah, that sounds like a League of Legends champion. And then I would look them up. I'm like, Oh, that's original to the show. Interesting. You know, (laughs) but anyway, we can get that later. We can get into it later, but let's let's move on to the actual summary. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah, I mean, we pretty much already kind of summarized what uh, what League of Legends is and how it relates to Arcane. So I'm not gonna retread that too much. I mean, it's a game, and the characters have bios, and you know, there's some supplementary comics and stuff like that. But for the most part, there's not like a campaign mode in League of Legends, so it, it yeah. doesn't really play into any of this. It's just yeah, they've got some written lore, and it's kind of the adaptation of that. So yeah, so League of Legends is is a fantasy thing. Uh, it takes place on the land of Runeterra. And yep. Arcane, specifically, uh, is about a specific region called Piltover and Zon? Yeah. 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 So, the way that we're going to summarize this is, it, like, because it, the show, it has, like, a huge ensemble cast, as you might expect, being based on a game that is, you know, like, the whole premise of the game, basically, is that there's a lot of different you know, zany champions who are fighting each other or yeah. whatever. So the show, kind, you know, follows a number of them that are all centering around this place called Piltover. And um, there are two main sections of Piltover. There's the lower city, which sometimes is called Zaun. And I, I think that's more like later on when they're trying to get independence, like that's the name that's chosen. Most of the time it's just called like the Undercity or like, you know, the lower part of the city. And then there's the upper class part of the city, which usually is just called Piltover, generally. And that that's kind of the setting that the show takes place. And the, like the whole sort of like backdrop of the show is there's kind of this like, you know, class warfare going on between Zahn and Piltover. And uh, one of the things like the first, I want to say three or four episodes are set in a specific time. And then the rest of the series is set six years after that. Um, after Piltover has gone through this kind of like technological uh, advancement due to something called Hextech, which we'll get into a little bit more in a bit. But that's kind of the backdrop. Getting into some of our characters and how they fit in, I think a good place to start is with Vi and Powder. The two of them are sisters from the Undercity whose parents were killed by uh, Piltover enforcers, basically like soldiers, police officers, um, after I... It's not really like delved into super deep, but it's it's like a failed uprising, right? Yeah, yeah, failed uprising, protest yeah. slash riot. Yeah. Okay, that yeah, it would make more sense as a riot. I was just like thinking, like I you know, after like watching and rewatching some of it, I was just like, they keep it a little bit vague as to the details of this event, but like generally, it was like some sort of riot or uprising and some people from the undercity ended up getting killed because it was basically like you know them trying to like fight for rights or whatever and then they just ended up like losing out into the much more (laughs) well-armed uh piltover enforcers glad that doesn't happen in real life yeah (laughs) so uh the two of them along with two other kids milo and clagger uh, were kind of adopted by this guy named Vander, who was a part of the failed uprising uh, and kind of acts like a de facto like authority figure and leader in the Undercity. Yeah, I, th- I think the implication is that like uh, Zahn is like kind of split up into or like it's been carved out by like various slumlords who yeah, mark yeah. their territory. And uh, with the case of uh, Vander, he doesn't really play the role of a slumlord. He's actually a pretty good guy, a swell guy. He's like a community leader, basically. Yeah, he's a community leader, and basically where all the slumlords just kind of stick their flag in, he's like, no, let us be a place that 
isn't shit and we don't right. just <laughs> that actually treats our people well like you know we stick together instead of like all of this like ganglord division and shit like that yeah but basically uh vi the the eldest of the two sisters is kind of eager to like stand up to piltover and start another uprising and vander is like pretty adamant that that will just end up getting more people hurt because of his experience in the first failed uprising um, so that that's them, and we'll get back to them in a sec. But to a shift to another important character, we've got Jace, who is a scientist and a student from the upper city. And fuckboy. Yeah, scientist, he, <laughs> student, fuckboy. Yeah, he's like he he's like one of those characters like, okay, this guy means well, but his privilege shows so fucking hard with everything that he does. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, he's basically like he's trying to use magical energy these like magical energy spheres to create a technology that is like infused with magic and is called hextech so basically like using technology as, as a way to actually use magic rather than it being something that is like you know inherently you're born, born with. with right yeah so at first like he like the kind of inciting incident of the show is that vi and powder and the other two kids uh steal things from jace's apartment and end up causing this huge explosion because Powder, like, drops one of the, like, the energy spheres that uh, Jace has. And he ends up getting uh, arrested for even, like, having the material. And he's, like, struggling with even getting permission to work on this hex tech from Piltover's High Council at all because they just kind of, like, generally think it's too dangerous to even attempt and then the uh, the leader of the council, the one who's like really pushing that message the most, is this dude called Heimerdinger, who is uh, a professor at the university and is also like basically Jace's mentor. Yeah, and uh, importantly, he's also a yordle, which is yeah, <laughs> a little furry imp dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, which is and uh, what a yordles are is kind of vague in League of Legends, but for the importance of Arcane, he's basically just very long lived and has yeah. seen like straight up magic wars happen right i really like the whole dynamic with heimerdinger like not wanting progress to go too quickly because like he just has a longer time frame that he lives his life by yeah yeah it's really interesting way of doing that (laughs) yeah yeah no one of the few good things jace says is like listen heimerdinger we don't all live a million freaking years okay we can't wait for progress so are there other like as far as the show is concerned, there's like the one other person in the Ender City who's maybe not a Yordle, but is like a little imp woman or something like that. And then, as uh, pretty sure she's a Yordle too. Yeah, she's a Yordle. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was a different species or just the same species without as much hair. Uh, <laughs> but like, are there other species? Because like we only see two Yordles and a lot of humans, right? Like, uh... am I? I'm not forgetting about anybody, am I? Uh, it's, well, there were some background characters who weren't humans, but, like, like, like the dude who was running that, uh, restaurant shop that was, like, uh, selling schlop, or, a uh, schlop that by, like. Oh, yeah, oh, there's also the, the robot dude who's on the council, too, right? Oh, yeah, that dude, too. Uh, there are a lot of different races in League of Legends, but, you know, as with a lot of fantasy, humans are the most prominent, but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's not particularly important. I was just curious about that. But either way, uh, one of Heimerdinger's assistants, who is a a sickly man with a cane named Victor, basically ends up going behind Heimerdinger and the council's back 
and uh, helping Jace with the uh, the invention of Hextech. And the two of them make a big breakthrough when they find a way to like stabilize the crystals. And that's basically what leads to the technological advancement after the time skip. Um, so that that's Jace and Victor and Heimerdinger. And then the last like really big player in the story is a guy named Silco, who is uh, kind of like a crime boss in the Undercity. As we find out later, his ultimate goal is basically like for the Undercity to secede from Piltover and become its own city of Zaun. And that's that's where yeah. that name comes from. He more or less acts as the main antagonist of the uh, of the whole season. It's the whole being like a big ensemble cast. Obviously, there's lots of like intercharacter conflicts and stuff like that. But he's really the one who kind of like pulls a lot of the strings that cause a lot of the main conflicts. He used to be like not literally, but akin to brothers with Vander until something happened that I'm not totally clear about. I think it was like during the failed uprising. Yeah. Where I, they had a disagreement and Vander like almost fucking drowned Silco. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the idea was like Silco was like taking it too far. Like, yeah. being like uh way too hostile, uh, having ideas that were way too violent. And like yeah. Vander was like, Whoa, we need to chill. And, like, one thing led to another, and he was like, okay, we gotta just cut this in the butt. Brothers no more. <laughs> Brothers no more, yeah. <laughs> that classic, classic trope. But either way, uh, Silco has this uh, this scientist bud, who in the name is a champion called Singe, but I, I don't know if he's ever actually called that in the show. He's a really minor character in the show, but uh, the two of them develop this, this like, I don't know. I think it's just a chemical, not anything to do with magic technically, but it's called shimmer. Um, and it, basically, it's basically like a drug that yeah. like makes you Hulk out. Right. Uh, like a bunch of people in the undercity, like end up getting like addicted to it, like a drug, but it also like roids them way the fuck out and turns them to like hulking monsters. Yeah. And it, it the shimmer is kind of what leads to Silco's kind of like rise to power as a crime boss after the skip. And uh, there are several other characters uh, like there's Caitlin, who's not overly present at the, in the beginning part of the show. But after the skip, she's a, a, a Piltover. Very important. Yep. Yeah. Piltover enforcer who kind of starts playing detective after like trying to get to the bottom of like horrible things that are happening, which we'll get into later. And also she's like rich and so like lives a sheltered life. Yeah, her mom's on the yeah. her mom's on the council. And, yeah, yeah, and when she sees like all the injustices, she's like, oh, I gotta be an ally. And, yeah. you know, and then like basically becomes one inch away from being Vi's girlfriend. We'll talk about that yeah. later. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, there's also Echo, who is another one of the little kids in the Undercity in the first bit, but a a after the skip, ends up becoming like the leader of like a group of freedom fighters. And there's Mel, who is another member of the council, who ends up having like a romantic narrative with Jace. I mean, she's got way more to her than that, but just for the sake of simplicity. Um, and I might be forgetting some people, but that's most of the main characters. Yeah. So... Uh, in the first part of the narrative, what basically happens with the Undercity is as uh, as Silco is gaining more and more influence, Vander eventually tries to stop him to keep the peace. And it all comes to a head when uh, when Silco ends up like kidnapping Vander and uh, and Vi and Milo and Clagger go to save him. But they make Powder stay behind because she's just not experienced enough to and kept like fucking up their previous missions, including but not limited to that first one from the first episode. 
uh, where, you know, she basically was responsible for causing the explosion and ended up losing all of their loot in a chase. So there's kind of this ongoing thing of like her trying to prove herself. But, you know, when it, when it comes to something really important like this, even Vi is like, yeah, we, sorry, we really can't include you in this because this really fucking matters. <laughs> like, I want to be supportive to you because you're my sister, but uh, we got to go save dad and uh, we don't want you to blow everything fuck up. Fuck everything up. Yeah. And that uh, basically happens <laughs> <laughs> because the kids end up causing uh like they end up going into like the uh encounter and there's like a whole fight thing with with vander and one of the roided out uh minions who's on on shimmer and powder ends up following behind because she wants to like prove herself and be helpful and she's using one of the destabilized gems in this little wind up monkey bomb toy thing and like kind of right as it's looking sort of dire in the fight where they're all trapped in a room and the roided out guy is like smashing on it. She throws the monkey in to, to help them out, but it causes this huge explosion, which destabilizes the building, which kills Milo and Clagger. And I mean, kind of results in Vander's death, but I mean, he was probably already going to die anyway. Cause he's like thrown off a bridge. Yeah. And like, like he took a lot of abuse. Like, I guess it's more like a case of he might have had a chance of making it through it slim, but might have. Yeah. But then then everything blew up and uh, that went to zero. Right. But for sure, that was the immediate cause of Milo and Clagger's death. Yes. <laughs> and then, you know, when Vi sees that it was basically all Powder's fault, she gets super pissed and punches her and yells at her and is like, yada, yada. This is why you should have stayed behind. Yada, yada. Milo was right. You're just a jinx. Because that was something that, you know, they kept calling her a jinx because of in the previous episodes when she, like, you know, fucked things up. And, you know, if, if you know anything about League, you probably know about jinx. Right, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So Powder is obviously pretty fucked up from that whole thing. And after Vi runs off, she ends up finding and befriending Silco who basically takes her in as his daughter. Yeah. It, it's a little, un, like, did, I don't know if she'd actually seen him before. Like, did she know that he was, like, the guy that <laughs> that, that they were trying to stop or whatever? I, when she went by Powder, I think she wasn't aware of who Silco was. But, you know, she definitely right. knows as Jinx. Sure, yeah. Importantly, like, Silco sees a lot of himself in Powder, like... He, f yeah. he feels betrayed by Vander, who he saw as a brother, yeah. when Vander tried to kill him, and, like, he sees in Powder, and the way Vi, like, blew up, lashes, lashes at her, at her. and, like, we see, uh, you know, some piece of humanity in it, in him, and, like, he takes her in as his daughter and raises her. Yeah, no, I mean, that whole dynamic, like, adds a lot to Silco's it's, character. It's very good. And, I mean, and uh, Powder slash James. Yeah. But anyway, sometime right after this, I guess Vi gets arrested and is basically in prison for the entire time of this the time skip, which is six years, if I didn't say that before. Um, and then Powder ends up taking on the name Jinx and kind of goes crazy and makes all these bombs and weapons after the skip, she's basically like uh, Silco's main source of muscle, but she's also um, insane. So she acts out on her own a lot, which gets like Silco's whole operation in trouble and makes the other gangsters he's working with think that he's like too soft for not like, you know, reprimanding her or cutting her loose or getting rid of her. And like they they see her as a liability. And so and, you know, Silco's just unwilling to actually cut her off because. Right. He is very much a 
enabling, doting father of sorts. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, you know, he's like, you know, he, she's basically the only one he actually, like, cares about at this point. So it's just like, yeah, no, I'm not. <laughs> but so the other the other big thing after the skip is that uh, because of Jace's hex tech, Piltover is like more prosperous than ever. And uh, because of this, Jace ends up being appointed as a new member of the High Council. Um, and there's this like big brewing conflict between Piltover and the Undercity because of Jinx basically going out on her own and doing like kind of a bunch of terrorist attacks with causing explosions in the city. Yeah, she she causes explosions in the city and like uh, Zahn and Piltover are on like the brink of an all out war and everyone's trying to like avoid that as best as possible right and the the council is like constantly arguing about how to handle it because there's like this conversation about how piltover wasn't really doing anything to use any of their technology to like help anyone in the undercity despite the fact that they have really shitty living conditions and they're all in poverty and now there's this problem where like a bunch of them are also addicted to shimmer <laughs> so it's like yeah you and, know. and it's important to note that like a lot of piltover's prosperity is on the back of zon like zon's labor yeah. is what helps yep. them and also like whenever like piltover produces any waste guess where it gets dumped in zon yep <laughs> uh yeah no there's this really fun thing where it's just like whenever the people like whenever the enforcers go down to zon they have to wear these like gas masks that no one in zon ever wears because they're all just like acclimated to the shitty air down there it's just like a really cool bit yeah. of like you know world building where it's just like yeah they literally like fucking can't handle the, <laughs> the air in zon but also it's like you know there's clearly some people from the undercity like silco and jinx who are becoming just like major safety concerns for the innocent, you know, largely people of Piltover. And some people on the council and Jace kind of, you know, falls into this category. Sometimes he kind of like ping pongs back and forth a little bit yeah. on his positions and then makes like very drastic decisions based on his, you know, momentary thoughts. But like some people on the council want to just like have an all out war with Zahn. And others want to like, you know, compromise and negotiate and stuff. And like, right. Im importantly, like, Jace is in the middle of a big old political intrigue thing where, like, you know, Mel's vying for power and Jaime Digger's trying to be like, yo, guys, take it easy there. And yeah. <laughs> Jace is ending up becoming the wild card of sorts. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, Jace ends up getting the council to remove Heimerdinger because of his just like insufferable inaction basically yeah. and becomes kind of the leading member of the council i don't fucking understand why that happens but whatever square jawed white dude yeah <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile caitlin who's uh looking for answers about who caused the explosions it was jinx but she doesn't know that uh finds and releases vi from prison because she has like insider knowledge about being from the undercity and the two of them end up like forming a uh probably romantic bond but we haven't quite gotten that far yet they're very very good friends wink wink exactly <laughs> like like th this also holds true for league of legends where it's like yeah my god these bitches are gay but nobody wants to say it because multi-million dollar i think they're gonna go there in the next season to I, be honest i hope so <laughs> i love their relationship yeah they're very cute yeah no it's 
it's very, you know, like, okay, like the naive rich girl who means well, and then, you know, the kind of rough and tumble, <laughs> like poor girl who's, who's got like, like a, more pragmatic. Who's got like yeah. a very calloused heart, but like is uh, softened yeah. by the sweet girl. It's very nice. I like it. The tale is old as time. Um, but while, yeah, so th- this kind of happens while the two of them are kind of like trying to dismantle Sil- Silco's organization. And because the two of them are getting close, Jinx ends up getting kind of jealous and irrationally thinking that Vi is like replacing her with Caitlyn. Then, I mean, there's there's other stuff that happens, but just to move it on a little bit, uh, there's at one point Vi and Jace end up teaming up and destroying one of Silco's uh, shimmer factories in the process, accidentally killing uh, like a kind of young kid. And because of this, Jace kind of does a 180 on his whole like philosophy of wanting to just like go in there and, and remove the people who are uh, a problem. Going in their guns a-blazing, yeah. And right. Yeah, he even goes up to Silco and is like, listen, man, you want uh, Zon to be its own independent city-state? Fine, I'll give it to yeah. you. Like, I'll give you exactly what you want. I have one condition. Give me Jinx. That's it. Yep. <laughs> because of, you know, all of the terrorism. Yeah, and like, Selko <laughs> is like, holy shit, he didn't even try to barter. He's just like, it's y- yours, but I have to give up the one person I love. Yeah, and it's very like, you know, it- it's a really interesting dynamic for Selko because it's like, basically like, this has been his goal all along. And he ended up caring for, you know, Jinx somewhat by accident throughout this whole thing. But it was still kind of very goal oriented towards this one thing. And now it's just like, oh, yeah, you can get the thing that you want, but you got to give up your little fake daughter. And uh, basically, uh, Jinx ends up kind of overhearing Silco talking to himself about this and trying to, like, work it out and uh, goes a little bit crazy as Jinx's want to do. And she ends up kidnapping Silco, Vi and Caitlin and has this whole crazy scene where she's trying to choose between staying evil and jinx or going back to being powder and basically if, if, correct me if i'm misremembering this but she ends up like giving vi an ultimatum right and it's like yeah i mean i'll go back to being your sister if you fucking kill this upper city bitch that you've been chilling with right <laughs> and then at some point silco ends up like loosing himself from his bonds and tries to shoot vi but jinx shoots him instead and then they have a little nice moment where you know jinx kind of like, Jinx was like, know. wait, no, that was an accident. I'm I'm sorry. And Silco's like, I I wasn't gonna I give was you up. never gonna <laughs> give you up and then kicks the bucket. Yeah. And like a, a really good sequence happens where like a bunch of things happen at the same time. Uh I guess the yeah. most significant is that the council is together and like Jace man is like just about to convince everyone to give Zon its independence. And like yeah. just as they're about to have their vote, <laughs> and just as they're about to go. Let's not be dicks and do the right thing. Yep. Jinx fires a rocket at them. <laughs> yeah, she like fa- fires a, a Hextech missile across the entire city and right into the council building while they're in session. And that is the cliffhanger in which the season ends off of. <laughs> and it's like, wow. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of sort of, you know, I, I was talking with Keenan, one of our other friends about this, and he was, you know, kind of talking about it was like, well, none of the stories like really resolved. And that kind of sucks as an ending for a season. But I mean, I think the main important thing that was resolved was the whole kind of like, you know, Jinx, be- like choosing between being powder or Jinx, 
uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Like the whole her relationship. I mean, obviously, there's going to be more to her and Vi later, but that was kind of the the, the main thing that got it the most resolution and kill, killing Silco, who was basically you know the leading antagonist of the series. And it, you know, it's really this is what I was kind of getting into with like the whole optional dramatic irony thing when I was like looking up the characters because basically every time I realized that one of the big important characters wasn't a League of Legends champion my immediate assumption was okay they're gonna die at some point and that more or less stayed true the only one I think who makes it out so far but probably not is Mel and she was the one who was like standing in the window, like closest to the window, right when the missile was about to hit. So, so she I, could very much be the dead. Like, like, yeah, if we go down the list that uh, cop lady. Yeah. Uh, what? Grayson? Something like that, who I thought was yeah. someone else. Uh, uh, she dies. Uh, the other corrupt cop who's working with her dies. Uh, yeah, Silco dies. Yeah. yeah, that's the surprising one. I thought so. I could have sworn Silco was an actual League of Legends character. Right, because nope, like, original. he fucking, he has a creepy evil robot eye or whatever the fuck, and his name is Silco, yeah. which is, like, that's the thing that I really like about the series, is that all of the expendable characters that they insert in really feel like they jive well with the rest of the characters, so that, like, if you're yeah, not yeah. watching knowing who's who... You could really like who would have ever thought that fucking like in this show, Silco is not a pre-existing character, but Singed, his creepy scientist buddy who has like six whole lines in the entire fucking show, is a pre-existing character. Like you wouldn't have yeah, ever exactly. Like, he's not even they don't even ever name him in the show. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But no, it's it's then that like I mean there's a few other like there's this whole thing that's going on with Victor too, where he's like trying to get the hex tech to go hex tech to progress faster to, to his save terminal himself. illness or yeah. yeah 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 because like victor is terminally ill due to having been from zon and yeah. like growing up in zon and he, city and environment like he was like the biggest like when i mentioned earlier that there was like one character that they made a big deal of his name reveal was because victor the champion looks nothing like this you know like decrepit crippled guy and they're like they're talking is like and jace is like oh i didn't get your name and he's like victor and i'm like oh that's like a gotcha kind of line because like everyone else is more or less recognizable but victor in the game is like a fucking evil cyborg scientist or something <laughs> yeah 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 like victor in the game is like a, a cyborg scientist who's like ah uh, yes machine intelligence is yeah above all i will turn everyone into robots for glorious which, machine evolution which you can clearly see and, the uh, roots of in this show right because like really like uh, yeah. among the you know the people in that storyline with with him and and jason heimerdinger like he's really the one who has like the strongest conscious and actually wants to do the right thing the most but then he also ends up getting just so desperate by you know trying to advance things fast enough to do yeah. his condition that you know like he ends up accidentally killing this girl who's obviously in love with him and then you know he, he goes kind of off the deep end but hasn't quite gotten to the point of like intentional malice yet but it, it's clearly yeah. setting that up for for the next season um, I, I guess they're setting him up. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like if they ever actually make him like the actual character, it would feel like a jump because Victor is ultimately a pretty swell yeah. guy. Like flawed, yes, but not 
turn everyone into robots. Yeah, I would assume that it's going to end up being a thing where, like, the technology that he ends up infusing himself with, like, corrupts him, you know, rather than him just, like, having a break or whatever. I don't know. I I see that. I I do, like, it's probably not going to be quite as, like, one note as the character probably is in the game, but I I think he's going down that path. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. Like, like another relationship I kind of like is Jason Victor. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what you would call it. it They're just good friends. I don't know. They're just close friends. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I kind of see them as like bitter exes. Oh uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's like all the, the whole romantic thing with Jason Mel. So like, I don't, you know, I. Yeah, yeah, but like, remember when like they're having their well, uh, sex scene? Like it's like intercut with like shots of victor oh, like yeah. you know dying from his freaking disease like it is such an on the nose visual metaphor that's for infidelity point. you know yeah no that's fair <laughs> um but yeah so i mean that's that's mainly the summary so i i mean that like i really just i the main thing i really wanted to talk about again was this you know this whole thing of like having this option of sort of knowing where the characters are ending up. But because League is so sort of like uh, scarce with its like lore things too, there's really like a lot of ground for them to tread. In a lot of ways, they also like make these huge changes. Like we've just discussed like the changes to Victor. Another character who gets big changes is Echo. In the game, as far as I can tell Echo's thing is that he, well, he is a kid from Zon, but one, he still has his parents. And like his thing is that his parents saved up a bunch of money to get him to get him into a nice university and built over. Yeah, that's very different. And like, (laughs) yeah. And like Echo is like, yeah, but I want to like help out the people of Zon. These are my people. And that creates tension with his parents. And then somehow he gets time travel powers that puts him in a sort of Groundhog Day loop. Huh. And that's his main conflict. So Echo is like super fucking different. Well, at the very least, the Groundhog Day thing could still happen. <laughs> yeah, but right now, like yeah, the, the parents thing is very different because I'm pretty sure his parents are dead like before the series even starts. Oh, yeah, no, right? no, no. In Arcane, he is an orphan, yeah. yeah. And then, like, he basically becomes, like, a, a leader of this sort of, like, uh, guerrilla rebel group. I, I like that at the end, too, like, at the, um, what ends up having the Heimerdinger is, like, basically after he's kind of exiled from the council or whatever, he, like, goes to the Undercity and actually starts seeing, like, some of the shit that he's basically been kind of neglecting to do anything about this whole time and, like, seeing all the real problems that they have. And also, like, he ends up running into and helping Echo and seeing his little, like, paradise where he's got, like, a bunch of, you know, like, freedom fighters who are all, like, enjoying life despite their shitty conditions. And basically, he's able to see, like, wow, you accomplished all of this amazing stuff in such a small amount of time. Maybe I should rethink some of my, oh, just give it another decade or so of careful research (laughs) philosophy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Maybe I should get off my centrist bullshit. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, like, he was another one, too. It was like, I was looking him up, and I was just like, either they've changed a lot, or this dude has a long way to go. Because in the sh- in the uh, the game, 
Isn't he like kind of like a fucking like little mad scientist who like creates a bunch of like weapons and and stuff like yeah more like the in good the, in the more game. like the good version of Jinx rather than this little dude who's just like don't do anything ever because it'll happen too yeah, fast yeah no again another another character who's very different yeah, yeah in the game he's kind of a joke character who is a mad scientist who does wacky stuff with inventions. Right, you know? but he, I mean, he's still good in the uh, in the the game, right? He's, he's still yeah. a good he, yeah, he's still a good guy in the game, but but yeah, being well, like, a little mad not... scientist is very different from him being this like you know what what would be the right this word? like prominent councilman who's like whoa, we gotta play it yeah. safe. I like I do like him in that role though. Like it's very. He's a really compelling character, I feel like, where it's just like you can yeah. clearly see why he thinks the things that he does. But you're also like, man, you mean so well, but you're so full of shit and you don't even know it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the other thing that, about the show that I find really compelling is just like the, the the stylized nature of it and like the art style. Oh, yeah. Like the, the oh, animation yeah. is gorgeous. Like, like the first thing you'll notice is it is fucking incredible. Like. I don't even know where to begin. Like they put a lot of money into the show. It's where to begin. Oh yeah, no, like ungodly amounts of money into this show. But like it, one, it looks like like everything looks like a painting, yeah, illustration type thing. It, it sort of reminds me of the the same kind of style as Borderlands, having clearly like CG models, but have like this sort of heavy outline, cartoonish outline floating around them. Is is what it reminds me of? Yeah, and there are. Definitely, but like I, the, the big difference between this and Borderlands well, yeah. is Borderlands is cell shaded. It's a yeah. very clean, crisp kind of look. While this has a lot of texture, yep. like you can see brush strokes, you can see, uh, like little bits of detail. Yeah. Like any single given frame has like an unholy amount of like detail in densely packed it's ridiculous man. yeah and then the other like the other thing that I, it kind of reminds me of is some of the like recent sony animation stuff like into the spider-verse or um oh what's the other one Mich- michelle versus, the, the, versus fucking, the machines yes yeah the michelle yeah, yeah, versus like, the machines. yeah where they they have like a lot of like not necessarily comic booky because like it's not really taking comic book inspiration but the same kind of stuff where they have a lot of like non-diegetic artistic expression show up on the scene to like illustrate things especially with jinx like whenever she's going crazy there's lots of like really like haphazardly like little scratched out like drawings of angry faces in the corner and stuff like that yeah um the one scene that really pops into my mind where they like do something like really i don't know interesting that like they didn't have to do stylistically but they decided to is like when they're on they're on the bridge and there ends up being like this big fight between Jinx and Echo. Jinx and Echo, and, yeah. And as soon no, as that... they're about to fight, it's just like not flashing back, but basically instead of showing the fight, it's just showing like them in this kind of like whited out abstract world, like play fighting as kids, and then it just shows the result yeah. of the fight afterwards, and it's just like, damn, that was cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's a very intricately edited like. It's kind of like a music video where it's like yeah. you get fast cutting between two moments to show like the irony in like these two people who were good friends now yep. at each other's throats, which like really impressive because like you know Echo and uh, Powder slash Jinx don't really get a lot of time to establish their relationship to each other. Yeah, 
but it's just like it's just like a neat bit of like world building where it's just like yeah of course they're friends even if we didn't see like specific interactions for them like you know you can piece that much together yeah (laughs) yeah exactly like like you know under normal circumstances this should feel cheap like oh last minute oh they were friends but they managed to make it work and you've managed to feel it it's it's very good the characters all feel very like lived in like even the characters who don't actually do a whole lot mostly all feel pretty three-dimensional like we didn't talk about him a whole lot, but like the um, the like second in command uh, Piltover Enforcer, who like ends up becoming like the main sort of like person. Uh, he's like a basically ends up becoming kind of a dirty cop, like working with Silco. He's like you know one of the least like involved characters in in the show, but like you can just tell by all of his interactions that it's just like okay, this feels like a real guy that we're just not seeing a lot of. Rather yeah, yeah, than like exactly. Like a more one-dimensional character. Like, like, like the first thing is like when Grayson ends up getting killed. Like he has like this big reaction to it, and I'm just like, was I supposed to be paying attention to this guy before? <laughs> I thought he was just like cop number three or whatever. <laughs> no, uh, but, I think a good moment was like when like uh, Silco is like, like he's talking to. Silco in like Silco's office and like yeah. we see a shot of him like blowing the whole room up and then like we cut to Silco going hey get, uh, are, we're still talking here and it's like oh right. he just imagined <laughs> that and it's just, he just like, imagined doing a murder suicide as you yeah, do <laughs> yeah yeah no like he's a corrupt cop but like he also it, it's, yeah. it's hard to describe but like guilty about it but like not guilty enough to stop doing it or fess up right to it. well i mean it's all because like he's got like a daughter or someone who's the, who he's like trying to support right and that it's like that whole thing it, where like he no I no Sil- silco doesn't like threaten his daughter until later that's no 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 i know but i thought the implication was like the reason that he was like doing corrupt shit in the, to begin with it was to make extra money to support his daughter uh oh the way i interpreted it was like uh was that like you know when the opportunity came up, he kind of put aside his morals. Mm. He, he's like weighing it, and he just kind of let it his selfishness take over uh, instead of like you know going with his what he knows is right kind of thing. So yeah, that's fair. Anyway, he's not he's not that he, important. He's not that important. But, the, but the point is, even the not important characters feel fairly lived in <laughs> yeah yeah like um, you know silco's got this one like henchwoman named sabisha yeah. or something like yeah, that yeah sabisha i think that's her name yeah yeah sabisha who's like sabisha, con- yeah. yeah who's like constantly questioning him and he's like man get off my back and she's like yo we need to be practical about this and you know and even when like the opportunity to betray him comes up she doesn't betray him not because yeah. she's loyal but she kind of like yeah, you even at your worst, you're still a calculating guy, and that's better off, I think. Well, I mean, it also is like that. That is like her main thing is just like she does end up like picking loyalty at the end of it because she she ultimately knows that like Silco will have her back more than the other crime lords who are trying to betray him right. would because like he actually has a vision, but they're just trying to like make, use the make chaos money. to yep. to to like do power grabs and shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, is there anything else specific that you wanted to to bring up? Uh, the two main things that I just wanted to talk about were like the you know dramatic irony of like whether or not you know the characters, and then also the like really 
like metaphorical stylized <laughs> art style that they use a lot of the time. Cause it's like, I don't know that like, I guess there's more to say about that. And just that like, yeah, like it I, feels I, I would... nice that it's like this thing that is about a video game that is like ultimately seeing like these badass characters do badass things is like taking the time to explore like the, the pathos of their characters, not just in the story itself, but also just in, like, how they the cinematography yeah just how <laughs> they inhabit everything how they yeah. interact with little things it's it's very good and like i want to talk more about the visuals the problem is we're a podcast we're not right we don't, we don't have any <laughs> images so i can't really uh you know go through like specific, specific things specific right. moments so it would just kind of be very repetitive of me going oh this was good this was good. yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, if you haven't seen Arcane, it looks very pretty, man. It yeah, looks... and yeah, right. Like, I was hooked on it after watching, like, the first episode or so, and I went into watching the show already ready to hate it because I'm like, bah humbug, League of Legends, bah humbug. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I remember us talking, and it's like, yo, have you seen Arcane? And you're like, yeah, no, I haven't, but, like, I don't really like League of Legends, and I'm like, look, I don't like League of Legends either. But this is fucking good. Yeah, and like enough people said that to me, I was like, "All right, all right, I'll, I'll fucking check it out." And then I watched it. I'm like, "Holy shit, this is really good." And you know, it's like part of it is like, okay, yeah, it is because they shoveled a lot of money into it that you know it was able to look so good and take all the time to like do the proper cinematography and stuff like that. But it definitely shows that like it had people who are working on it that like gave a shit about telling an interesting story aside from just like, you know, having it be like a nonstop Easter egg hunt for League of Legends yeah. references or something like that, which it easily could have been. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. A lot of like, stuff like that does end up being. Yeah, no, interestingly, they showed a lot of restraint. We barely yeah. see anything of the other regions like Demacia or uh, yeah, ah, what's that place? It, the, the place that Mel's hot grandma was from. Yeah, I don't <laughs> I don't know. I have not gotten to any of the other places from League of Legends. But yeah, I mean, it was like they showed restraint in that regard, but also like a, a, a sort of like opposite way of showing restraint of like really spending an appropriate amount of time on the characters that were original to the show, you know, like yeah. taking the time to explore Silco's pathos, even though he he's isn't going, the... he's not bound for, you know, the fucking fight on rune terror or whatever you know yeah it's exactly like, and like having lots of scenes where there's not a single character who's a champion of league of legends in the room you know like i mean a lot i guess mostly it would be a lot of the scenes between silko and the other fucking crime bosses but still treating all of the characters who more or less could have been expendable as just as important as the champions like vander was another one that was just like I mean, narrative-wise, it really seems like you're going to die, but, like, your name is Vander, and you have this, like, specific, like, attitude toward it. Like, you feel like a, a character from a video game. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> like, Austin tells me, like, he bears a striking resemblance to, like, this werewolf named Warwick, who, like, whose backstory mm. is, like, he, he was a gangster who turned noble, but then an accident happened, and he turned into... This wild, crazy wolf dude, and, you know... I, I guess... doubt he's gonna be that, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but, like, you know, I, I could see, like, him coming back as, like, Warwick if they wanted to, but... I hope they don't, though, to be honest. <laughs> I, I hope they don't. No, I agree with you on that one. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested to see, like, 
I mean, obviously, because of the cliffhanger, it definitely seems like next season is focused on this whole conflict. But I'm yeah. sort of interested to see if, like, if they end up, like, doing another season at some point that is just completely set in a different, you know, Reading, city. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and, like, like, and then ha- end up having, like, eventually working towards a, oh, here's these guys meeting up kind of thing, you know? Yeah, because, like, uh, what I can remember of League of Legends lore, Demacia has, like, a sort of bigotry thing where it's, like, oh, they hunt down anyone who shows magical powers and, like, mm, yeah. puts, puts them in gulags and shit. Because uh, that, that would be something more interesting to, because, like, they in the early episodes of the show, they talk a lot about how, like, magic is so dangerous and that's why they're resistant to, like, the hex tech. But then after the skip, they all kind of, like, give that up because they see how, like, it, it, useful like, it is. Like, the benefits so, are too good, so... But, like, yeah. we don't actually see even a single person in the show who does have, like, inherent arcane ability, which I think is interesting. Yeah, uh, that's because, like, a lot of the characters with inherent arcane ability are in either Demacia or... Yeah. The other big region that's, like, all the war war people. Gotcha. Because I think the only one that we see is in, like, episode two in, like, Jace's flashback to him and his mom getting saved by... And that guy's apparently a champion, too, but he's, you know, it's just kind of a... Not yeah. really blink and you miss it, because it's a whole scene, but, you know... Right. He's just that one sort of cameo. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's all I really wanted to say about it. Do you want Anything else you want to talk about before we move on into the ratings? I guess the last thing I want to say is the, when they've made, like, they do, like, character design changes, and, like, mm-hmm. those character design changes are really good. Like, if you look up, like... <laughs> like, instead of giving Echo, like, a foot-tall mohawk, just give him, like, some, you know, nice mohawk dreads <laughs> yeah yeah exactly uh or, or like i think the best example are caitlin and Vi. like if you look mm-hmm. at caitlin's league of legends look she looks like a porn parody version of herself <laughs> right yeah <laughs> uh, or like Vi, who's like in this sort of right girl uh the best way i can describe it is like a horny dude drawing a punk rock chick while, while <laughs> in, it, wait in, okay Hold on, maybe I'm confusing Vi with someone else, but isn't Vi like fucking Cockney in the game? I I, I don't I don't know. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm making that up, but like every time like you know I like think about her dialogue or whatever, and then think about it being like used as like yells in the game or whatever, I'm just like, isn't she like very Cockney? I I, I might just be completely conflating that with something else. <laughs> I have you're no you're gonna have to ask someone who knows. I don't know if she's Cockney or not. But well, like you know, but but like if, yeah. uh, if that's true, I picked up on that. And if that's not true, then I guess I'm just making shit up out of nowhere. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, worry. yeah. But like their arcane iterations looks great. Like by yeah. dress is very sensibly, but still looks cool. And like, <laughs> although it's really fucking stupid, the fucking scene where they gave her her like you know crop top jacket or whatever because she's like fucking she like you know she gets into like some conflict with some you know other undercity dude who's just like wearing a red jacket and then you know like she ends up beating the shit out of him she's like and then there's like a shot of her looking at the jacket and then putting it on but it's just a completely different size and shape to to the jacket that was on the dude because it's like (laughs) you know the jacket she's wearing looks like you know it's like clearly meant to be like a a shortcut jacket that you know is just like whereas the dude was wearing like a fucking coat (laughs) like (laughs) Well, the dude's taller than her, and, like, yeah. 
but it when, looks but, small on her. <laughs> but, but like when she puts it on, it's like perfectly fitted to her, and it's yep. very funny. But yeah, no, that. But you know, uh, I liked. I liked. I mean, just to go on another small tangent, I liked the whole dynamic between uh, between Vi and Caitlin. I'm really hoping to see like more of that in the in the next season, like we talked about. And you know, uh, to quote Keenan, "Give me big gay. Don't give me small gay. Give me big gay. Just <laughs> just be explicit about it." But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Because it's just like enough people are gonna be mad about it if it's just implied anyway. Like that's just kind of like I don't know. I feel like that's not playing to either the irrational like homophobic audience nor the the fucking progressive wanting to have big gay audience. You know, it's just like hitting somewhere in the middle that it's just got. You're either gonna piss off both people or no one's gonna. Yeah, because like the thing is, they're being as subtle as a sledgehammer to the jaw. Like there's one scene where you know. Vi and Caitlyn are talking about their pasts to each other. Yeah. And it's and they're both on Caitlyn's bed and it's yeah. shot like pillow talk. It's yeah. very <laughs> it's very on the nose. But yeah, I think that's but, really about it, man. Yeah. Well, that's a good spot, I think, to move it on into the rating section. Uh, thank you, Chowder, for a very good discussion. I had a good time with that. Um, now we're going to be moving on to the ratings, where each of us are going to rate the topic on a scale from 1 to 10. I want to say wind-up monkey bombs, but for 1 to 10, the boring answer is League of Legends champions. 1 to or, 10 years that Riot doesn't actually expand upon their lore in any significant way. <laughs> Love it. Um, Alright, yeah, so Chatter, how, how did you feel about Arcane? I give it 10 out of 10. Fucking fantastic. The characters are like super human and super believable. The world yeah. is very richly detailed and uh, just very lived in and of course that gorgeous art style and of course the attention to detail like again you can go through this frame by frame and find yeah. just a million things to talk about whether it's something in the background or just the overall art direction or just like like i i remember like seeing like videos of like people uh analyzing a ton about a character just from like the yeah. direction they look when they're talking and it's like yeah no uh what's impressive to me is how they took uh, League of Legends, which has a very much uh, an excuse plot lore kind of thing, and make something genuinely compelling out of it. Like, yeah, and it's like very multifaceted too, in terms of like the whole like political like aspect of it, and then you know all of the like character motivations. Like, nothing feels like yeah neglected exactly. really. And, and also, they show a lot of restraint. Like, there are a lot of like. Piltover and Zahn characters yeah. who don't appear in this because they decide to keep their scope relatively narrow. This is about Vi, Jinx, and like the characters that orbit them, as it were. And, and they don't lose sight of that. You know, they don't have like Seraphine, whose thing is that she's a pop star coming for no reason. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so in, in terms of where I fall into this, I, you know, I was wanting to give it like a 9 out of 10 because like. Uh, you know, I like it a lot, but, like, you know, there are other things that I like more. But then when I was, like, thinking about it, I'm like, I can't really think of, like, 
even really a single complaint about it, to be honest, so I think I'm gonna have to also give it a 10 out of 10. It's just... Like, the uh, only complaint like, is that it's League of Legends. That's right, yeah, and that's, you know, it's just, like, making me give a shit about the narrative of a game that I already know I don't like, and don't like its whole vibe, or whatever, just, I mean, I'm really more the vibe of the, the fan base more so than, <laughs> than the game itself, but, yeah, no, it's just, like, like, all the things you said, and, like, we didn't even fucking talk about also, like, how much of a goddamn bop the theme song is, too. Yeah. Like, it's very, and it, like, adds a lot, too, like, it's a good intro where it's just, like, you watch it, and I'm like okay, you recognize, like, a lot of characters, and I'm just like, okay, I haven't seen them yet, and then they end up being, like, the older version of another character that, you know, everyone's like, oh, okay, oh, okay. It's just like, when you first watch it, it's just like, it, it gives you atmosphere to it, and then as the episode goes on, it's just like, this makes more and more sense with each passing episode, the, the intro, and it's a really also, good way of doing it. Also, I'm surprised we never did bring up Imagine Dragons just yeah. being in this world canonically. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> right. I forgot about that. They've got character models in the, in the bar, and they, yeah. Oh, it's just, it's so fucking good. The, the fucking, like, fight choreography is really fun, Oh, too. yeah, no, the fight choreography is great. Like, uh, so, like, a pet peeve I have with, like, a lot of stuff is, like, when the women characters don't take any damage like they yeah. just i they don't want to tarnish their quote-unquote yeah like prettiness prettiness and yeah. the woman shouldn't get hurt even though you know these are all like rough and tumble fighters but no yeah like vi takes some hits no and, like, yeah vi <laughs> vi pretty much constantly has bloody knuckles at the very least but also there are several slow motion shots devoted of her spitting blood out of her mouth yeah yeah like and it makes sense vi is a close-up brawler of she's a brawler she's, yeah yeah because like you know whenever women get into melee combat it's always yeah like, oh yeah no i judo flip the dude and that's it but no yeah yeah they just turn into all like black widow fighters but no like fucking vi is like a boxer it's just it, yeah no exactly. it all works really well um, but, yeah. but yeah we could fucking rave about this for a while i'm sure you saw both of our ratings coming before we even got there but i think that's a good time for us to wrap it up thank you for listening to the common geeking program uh, again i have been jeff uh, if you want to find me, uh, I have a YouTube channel where I do toy reviews, if that's of interest to you. That's called Alchemist Prime Reviews on YouTube. And again, I've been joined by Chowder. Chowder, is there anything you want to toss out there? Hi, I'm Timel or Chowder, whichever you prefer. You can find me on Twitter at Timel Chowder. Uh, you how can... to pronounce your name? <laughs> <laughs> Forget how to pronounce my name. Uh well, you know, you know, it's spelled uh, T-A-E-M-U-L underscore chowder. And that's my uh, Twitter handle. Uh, and uh, you can also find me on our sister podcast, Dice Populi, which is a real play D&D podcast. And uh, currently we're doing the current story arc is uh, one that I'm DMing right now. And it's been a wild ride. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah. No, yeah. check that out. I've really been enjoying listening to that. But yeah, no, it's really good. It's got a lot of fun stuff going on. I definitely recommend listening to that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about going to do it for us. Uh, our next episode is going to be another common briefing program where we cover the uh, the geek news for the month of February. And that will be on the, the first Friday in March, which will be March 4th. And then our next uh, proper geeking program where we take another uh, deep dive 
look into another topic uh, yet to be determined will be airing on the third Friday in March, the 18th. So uh, yeah, uh, thank you all for listening, subscribing, sharing, and everything that you do, and we'll talk to you next time. Ciao. Durr. Common Geeking program is hosted by Jeff Levitt, joined this episode by Time Will Chotary. This episode is sponsored by the uh, the leaf blower that you may or may not be able to hear in the background while I record this. Wait, 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 wait there it goes, wait. You hear that shit? Fucking ridiculous. The podcast is created and produced by Colin Ketchin and Jeff Levitt and featuring original music by Colin Ketchin. This episode was edited by me, Jeff Levitt, and also Time Will Chotary. We'd love for you to stay engaged with us on social media at Geeking Program or by using hashtag CGP. If you want to know more about us and all of our other projects, head to commongeekingprogram.com. Stay in touch, stay tuned, and as always, thank you for listening to this.